First Sunday, 2016, third day of the new year. It ought to be a time of thankfulness when we thank God for all that he's done in 2015. And if you haven't had a chance to read the bulletin and my, the words, uh, please do that. It just talks about some of the ways that God blessed us uh, like he never has before, how he blessed us last year. Uh, but it also ought to be a time of reflection and challenge to think about what God wants us to do in 2016. Uh, I, I was thinking, I spent New Year's Day, most of it up here. We're, we're polishing the floor, and we got this machine, and you just basically walk back and forth with it. And we're doing a square at a time. I have to do a square at a time so I can remember where we are, although you can tell the difference after you get it done. So I spent most of the day just going like this. A few steps forward, a few steps back, running this machine, letting the machine do all the work. And because I didn't have to think about it, uh, I, I, was, I, w- I was just thinking, I said, I wonder if 2016 will be the year that the Lord comes back. I wonder if this will be the year. I think it's closer than it's ever been. And I'm not predicting, I'm not setting any dates. Nobody knows the hour, nobody knows the time, nobody knows the day. Uh, but... But God could come back. The Lord Jesus Christ could come back and, and rapture us away. I believe that's the next thing that's going to happen on the celestial calendar is, is the rapture. And this could be the year. Uh, and so I, I was thinking, you know, 2016, every single one of us ought to resolve to do more for God this year than we've ever done before. We ought, to, we ought to resolve and just challenge ourselves to find more ways to serve God, to find more ways, to going back to the Sunday school lesson, to use the gifts that he's given us, to minister to others, because this may be the last year. We may just have a few months. We may have the whole year and even next year. I don't know. Uh, but we ought to just challenge ourselves to say, I want to do more for God in 2016 than I've ever done before. Now, I want to challenge you to do that by making three points this morning. Number one, more is better. More is better. We start learning that early in life, and it's reinforced our whole, whole life. For example, the little babies back in the nursery. More bottles are better. Now, I know there's nobody in here that's going to say amen because we're so far removed from that. Uh, but I'm sure if they could understand what I'm saying and they could say amen, they would say, Amen, preacher, preach it. More bottles are better. Uh, more naps are better. Amen, amen yeah. <laughs> You're going to see that's a constant theme through my first point here. More naps are better. More hugs and kisses from mom and dad are better. When you're a little bitty baby, you like that, and we like giving them. And then we become a little child. And the fact that more is better is reinforced. More snacks are better. More naps are better. Uh, I still like more naps today, by the way. But anyhow, uh, more I love yous and kisses and hugs from mom and dad, are better. More nighttime stories are better. Then we start school, and this truth is reinforced again. More points on our homework are better. More satisfactory marks are better. More points in the games we play are better. More time off is better. We love it when we go to school to get vacation days and holidays and summer days. And more time off is better. 
And then we get out of school and we get out on our own and we try to make a living. And this truth is reinforced again. More dollars per hour in our paycheck are better. More miles per gallon in our car is better. More, the more seniority we accrue is better. And the more time off that we have is better. More vacations, more holidays, more time off. And then we retire. And this truth is reinforced again. More social security is better. More medical coverage is better. More IRAs are better. Now, I will hasten to say... That Paul tells young Timothy in 1 Timothy 6.10, For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveteth after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Covetousness is still a sin, and having more alone will not make us happier. In fact, the Bible teaches that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God because they begin to trust what they have. They begin to trust their riches instead of trusting God. But if we remember that everything that we have comes down as a gift from our Father above, if we remember every blessing that we enjoy and everything that we have comes from God above and, and we stop and thank him for the more that is in our life, then more is better. Amen. Number two, Jesus wants us to have more. He said in John chapter 10, verse 10, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ came, and we just recently celebrated Christmas. We, ce- we celebrated him coming to the earth and-, and taking the form of a man. But he came to give life to the dead. He came to give life and forgiveness to sinners. Because, you see, the Bible tells us that we're all sinners. There's none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us that the wage of that sin is death. Not physical death, but spiritual death. Being separated from God. And so Jesus left heaven. He took the form of a man. He came and lived among us for 33 some years. Tempted in all points like as we, yet without sin. So that he could go to the cross. He could go and be nailed to that cross by mankind. And when he hung on that cross, the Bible says that God laid on him every one of my iniquities. God laid on him every one of my sins. Uh, Brother Pete quoted part of the verse when he prayed uh, for the bread a moment ago. uh, From Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And because of what he did on Calvary, because of what we remembered in the Lord's Supper this morning, he comes to dead sinners, people that are dead, separated from him because of their sin, and offers them life. The wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23 says, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. If, you receive, if you're here this morning and you've never received him as your Savior, if you'll just admit that you're a sinner and ask Jesus to save you, he will. That's why he came. 
uh, when, when he was talking to Zacchaeus, when he was at Zacchaeus' house uh, for lunch that day. He said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. He said, that's why I came. I came looking for the lost. I came looking for sinners so that I could save them from the penalty of sin. So that I could save them from the death sentence that sin has on it. And so again, if you're dead in your sins this morning, he's looking for you. It, he has not changed. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still looking for sinners. He still offers the gift of life. If you receive him, he'll make you a child of God, forgive your sins, dress you in his righteousness. You can stand before God justified, have a home in heaven. Always during the Lord's Supper, I, I, I think of what Christ did. And when, 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 they, when the deacons were passing out the bread, I thought, here's what I thought. I said, you know, if it wasn't for the cross, if it wasn't for the cross, there'd be no place called heaven. If it wasn't for the cross, my mom would not be in heaven this morning. My dad would not be in heaven this morning. My wife would not be in heaven this morning. I thank God for the cross because there is a heaven. And they're there. This morning, he wants to give you a place in heaven. He wants to give you a home in heaven. You can get there no other way. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Now, most of us are, this morning are here, are, that are here are saved. There's been a time in your life where you asked Jesus to be your Savior. and He came in and he made you his. That's not the end of it. In fact, that's just the beginning I mean, getting your ticket punched for heaven is not the end of the salvation process. It's just the beginning. He said, I did not just come to give you life. I've come to give you life more abundantly. He wants you to have more. He wants you to have more. He wants you to have more than you got today. That's the desire that Jesus has for you. I don't want you to just have life. I want you to have life abundantly. And the things of God, the things of God, he wants you to just have more and more and more. He wants you to have more of the love of God. He wants you to be able to say, like Paul said in Romans chapter 8, For I am persuaded <coughs> that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He wants you to have more of his love. You say, preacher, don't I have all the love that God has to offer me already? Yes, you do. But you don't comprehend it all yet. You don't understand it all yet. It's something that we grow in. Every day, we ought to understand a little bit more how much God loves us. Every day, we ought to be able to see a little bit more how he expresses that love to us. You have a God that loves you in a way that cannot be described. I could spend the rest of the year talking about the love of God, and I just scraped the surface. Surface. We'd only see the top of the iceberg. There's so much more to the love of God that we won't understand. 
But every day we ought to understand a little bit more of it. Every day we ought to see a little bit more of it. We ought to be able to say, say like the songwriter, if we with ink the oceans filled, and were the sky of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to lo- write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry. Now just think about that. If the oceans were filled with ink and the sky was made of parchment and, we, and every stalk on earth was a quill and we dipped those stalks in the ocean of ink and we wrote about the love of God in the sky, before we got done, the oceans would be dry. Before we got done, the oceans would run out of ink. Nor could the scroll all the heavens contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky. Jesus said, I just didn't come to give you life. I came to give you life more abundantly. I want you to have more of my love. I want you to have more of my, I want you to have more of my joy. I want you to have my joy abundantly. The joy that Peter talked about in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 8, when he says, joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's a joy that we can't describe to the world. It's a joy that doesn't depend on circumstances. It's a joy that depends on our relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, it's something we can try to describe, but we can't describe it to people that are not saved because they have no frame of reference to understand it. It's unspeakable, not because we don't try to speak about it, because there's just not enough words to describe it to somebody that doesn't know what it is. And Jesus wants us to have more of that joy, more of that joy that can't be described, more of that joy that's not dependent on circumstances. Then he wants us to have more of his peace. He said, not just life. I want you to have life more abundantly. I want you to have more of my peace The peace that Paul talks about in Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding. The peace of God which passeth all understanding. There's been some things that our folks have had to go through this year. Some really tough things in their life. And yet most, most have gone through those things with a peace that can only come from God. They couldn't have made it through those things with just human endurance. They couldn't have made it through those things with just human strength. They, but they couldn't make it through those things with the peace that passeth understanding. And what that, what that means is the world doesn't understand it. The world, again, can't understand it, how, how a Christian can have peace in the middle of turmoil and have peace in the middle of their life being turned upside down. How can you have peace in times like that? Again, it's because our peace is not rooted in our circumstances. Our peace is rooted in what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. A peace that passeth understanding. So more is better. And Jesus wants us to have more. So number three, let's do more. Jesus wants us to do more. He said to his disciples as he was headed to the cross, John chapter 14, verse 12, verily, verily, he always said verily, verily when he wanted them to really pay attention. I mean, it was a sign that says, hey, I'm about, to really, I'm about to say something that's really important, so pay attention. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And then notice this, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. 
not only wants us to do what he did, he said, with the Holy Spirit, you can do works greater than the works that I did. And so, as we start 2016, this is day three. This is leap year, by the way, so we've got 363 more days to go. 363 more days in the year 2016 to do something for God. Let's do more. Let's read the Bible more. Let's get in this book more. This is God's word. Uh, Every single Christian ought to make it a point to read the Bible through in the year 2016. I'm getting reports from people. Some people say, I've read the Bible through three times. I've read the Bible through five times. Glory to God. Amen. Everybody ought to read it through once. Put some schedules out on the back table. If you want to read it through in a year, there's a schedule out there to read it through in a year. It gives you the, the chapters and uh, chapters you ought to read every day. There's some schedules out there if you want to read it through twice a year. There's a schedule out there if you want to read it three times in a year. We ought to read the Bible more. Make sure you read it through. We ought to memorize the Bible more. Every single one of us ought to carry around three by five cards in our pocket with Bible verses on them. And we ought, to, we ought to just, whenever we get a chance, not when you're driving, by the way, but whenever you get a chance, you ought to take that, not Richard, not when you're driving, but you ought to get that card out and you ought to look at that verse and put that verse in your mind, put that verse in your heart. You're never too old to memorize Bible verses. One of the things I love about the Oana program is they teach the kids to memorize Bible. They teach the kids to memorize the Word of God. And some of those little kids could put us adults to shame Because they can quote verse after verse after verse after verse. Well, let me ask you, where does the Bible tell us that when you reach a certain age, you need to quit memorizing the Bible? Quote me chapter and verse where it says, when you get to be 30 years old, you can forget about memorizing the Bible. There's not a verse like that in there. There's not a verse that says that hiding God's word in our heart goes out of date when we reach a certain age. If it's okay and good for children to memorize the word of God, it is okay and good for adults to do the same thing. We need to do more memorizing of the Bible. We need to pray more. If you were here for our watch night service, a powerful reminder, uh, War Room, a movie that talked about the power of prayer. The movie, uh, and the message of the movie was that prayer can change things. Prayer can change things. If you haven't seen it, you ought to talk to Brother Jack. It was his movie that we borrowed to show. Maybe he'll loan it to you for a certain fee, but man, no, I'm just, maybe he'll loan it to you. But what a message. What prayer can accomplish. What man thinks cannot be accomplished. What man thinks is impossible. God can easily do and will do it in answer to prayer. Let's not do what John's saying about where we wait to get in trouble to call on him. Let's call on him every day. Let's pray without ceasing, as the book of Thessalonians tells us to do. Pray without, let's pray more in 2016. Let's come to church more in 2016. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Well, I just plan to be here for every, every service. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We ought to plan to bring people with us. We ought to invite family. We ought to invite friends. We ought to invite our neighbors. Let's just do more. I mean, Paul wrote the book of Philippians near the end of his life. He'd already completed his missionary journeys. 
He'd already started churches. He, he, I mean, he, he, he was in jail when he wrote it. And he, he, he was an old man. And yet he says, I'm not satisfied yet. I, I, I've not accomplished all that God wants me to accomplish yet. Now, if there's anybody that could look back on his life and say, hey, I, I, I fought a good fight. I've run the race. And Paul was going to say that when he got to the end of his life. But he wasn't at the end of his life yet, but he was close. He says, I'm not done yet. God's not done with me yet. He wants me to do more. If the Apostle Paul could say that near the end of his life, I don't care how old we are, where we are in our cycle of life, every single one of us ought to be able to say the same thing. I want to do more for God. And 2016 is the year that I'm going to do it. He said, I've not attained yet. Don't get satisfied in your service for God. Because the moment you get satisfied is the moment you start to go stagnant. I'm pressing forward, Paul said. I'm not standing still. Again, if anybody deserved to stand still, it was Paul. Based on everything he'd done so far in his life. But he said, no, I'm not standing still. I'm not going to be happy to stand still. I'm going to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let's do more of that in 2016. This is the year that God has given us. The, the, the pages are empty. What we write on those pages are up to us. Let's do more for him this year. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the example that we have in the Apostle Paul. Thank you for the encouragement that he gives us to keep pressing, to not give up all. God, we thank you for everything that you did for us as a church and Last year, thank you for the numbers that we had and for the people that came, for the people that got saved, for the people that got baptized, for the visitors that we had, just for the way that you've blessed us as a church. But Father, help us to realize there's still men and women and boys and girls that are all around us that need to hear about Jesus, all around us that need to receive him as their Savior. Who's going to tell them if we don't? Who's going to reach him with the gospel if we don't? Father, help us to do more for you this year. I pray if there's somebody here that doesn't know Christ as their Savior, that they would come and we could take the Bible and show them from the Bible that they're a sinner, that Jesus paid the price for their sin. And if they trust him, he'll forgive their sin, dress them in his righteousness so they could stand faultless before you. I pray if there's just one that's never made that decision right now, Holy Spirit, you would bring them to the Savior. Speak to the many Christians that are here. Help us to realize that this year can be greater, that we could have more of that abundance that you wanted us to enjoy. But it's going to take some work. Help us to decide to do more for you. Just bless this time of invitation. I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.